Alrighty then. That was Jimmy McGriff with uh, something called Hard Times. I just love this tune. I really do. Uh, Jimmy McGriff, as I said yesterday, was a hard bop, soul jazz organist and organ trio band leader. And uh, here he is again. I hope you enjoyed this music. It's really, uh, you can hear the inferences, the direct inferences of church music here. Billy Slees on tenor and alto sax, David Fathead Newman on tenor sax, Ronnie Cuber on baritone sax, Wayne Boyd on guitar, and Kenny Washington on drums. And this is called Hard Times. Well, maybe we, I, I had to play it again <laughs> because, uh, you know, these are hard times, and uh, I'm delighted to present it again. This is Lead Stories. I'm Matrice Lead, and it's Free Your Mind Friday. Obviously, I needed to free my mind because I had uh, Dave Brubeck uh, uh, doing the honors today, but we'll put them off until Monday. It is Free Your Mind Friday. Now, what is Free Your Mind Friday, you may ask? It is actually an open forum. Um, it's been my experience that uh, people don't get to call in and ask questions or state their case as much as they ought to, and that, to me, is the whole point of, of radio. Uh, to interact with an audience and to get a, a sense of what it is they're thinking and why they're thinking what they're thinking. So we decided that every Friday it will be Free Your Mind Friday. In that forum, you can voice your opinion about something that matters to you and which you think might matter to many more people, but here are some things that you need to keep in mind. You can't just talk. You ought to have a point of view. It is, it is mandatory, okay, that you have an opinion, a considered opinion about something. It doesn't matter whether people agree or disagree with you. It is important, though, that you convey to us, listening to you, that you have something important to say and you have reasons for saying it and you are presenting it for our consideration. That's all. That's all it is. Um, people may disagree. That's fine. But don't be unpleasant about it. Really, don't be unpleasant about it. And don't just get on and start talking. No, aimless talk is exactly that, just aimless talk. We want you to have an opinion, a pretty strong opinion about something, and present your reasons for why you hold such a view. And then we'll take it from there. 
if people have something to say about it, they'll, they'll let us know. And if not, we just keep moving on to the next person. Okay, it's, it's really not that complicated. The key here is to have an opinion. And as simple as that sounds, it is unusual in most people's experiences to have an opinion. They're not expected to have an opinion. So when you require a person to have an opinion, they don't know what to do sometimes. They're just kind of uh, flummoxed because they never ask their opinion. I want you to get used to the idea of having an opinion and being able to express it and let the chips fall where they may. All right, the number to call is 888-874-4888. First come, first served. That's the rule as well that we follow here. Uh, we don't reorder the calls as they come in. That's the order uh, we follow. 888-874-4888. Um, I'm going to be updating you soon. We have some more presentations coming up. And uh, the presenters are polishing up their act. <laughs> I have no idea what they're going to say. And that is part of the joy of the program, that these presentations are truly people's individual and personal offerings. This is from their heads. And uh, they are teaching us. And it may sound a little odd that we have members of the audience uh, undertaking a presentation and uh, presenting us with new ideas or new information but go with it. Go with it. It's going to lead us somewhere. I am certain of it. All right. So back to Free Your Mind Friday, 888-874-4888. And please don't wait. It, it uses valuable time. And then very often, uh, because we get a late start, we also deprive people from having a turn and calling in and expressing their view. So to be kind to others and to be fair, when you think you will be calling in, get that over with. <laughs> you know, don't waste time and don't keep us waiting. All right? 888-874-4888. Claude from D.C., you're on the air. You have my father's name. Oh, thank you. I'm just I'm just curious about something, and it's more of a question than a general uh, statement. But I'm wondering if I, I my perspective with Putin and uh, Ukraine is based on the Monroe Doctrine that that he's trying to enforce. You know, like do do you know don't do as I say, do as I do. Yeah, excuse me. Don't don't do as I do. Do as I say. But anyway, um, I, I'm wondering if if this confrontation with Ukraine is also 
uh, in confrontation with the World Economic Forum. In confrontation with the world and I didn't get the rest. The World Economic Forum, that, that, that organization, that their agenda for, you know, taking control. I have no idea. What do you think? You think so? I don't know. That's 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 I'm wondering. <laughs> that's just what I'm wondering. Uh, you know how if you know if Klaus Schwab has an opinion about what's going on and and how it how it should be you know rectified. Well, you know this may sound a little bit. It may sound a little bit rude to say, but I'm not so much concerned about the uh, Charles Schwab's of the world at a time like this. I'm interested in what people on the ground experiencing things, people who have been observing. For example, I was reading a report this morning uh, from a person who had covered the Soviet Union for more than 30 years and is about to leave out of total frustration. That, to me, is far more intriguing than what Charles Schwab will have to say. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of Charles Schwab. I should, I should clarify that, you know, if anything, I'm being... No, you don't have to. You were quite clear when you said it. Um, yeah. You know, you, I understood you. I understood you quite but clearly. It, but, it's, it's colla- but, but the sad thing is, it's all collateral damage, in their, I think, in their mind at that level. This is just collateral damage. I see what you're saying, yes. That's the sad, the sad fact. Yeah, that's because they're not there and their children aren't dying. (laughs) They're not physically there and their children are not dying. Yeah. So they have uh, the, the advantage, if you will, of distance from it so they can theorize and still maintain a distance from something that is, for millions of people, a serious issue in their lives daily. Thanks, though, for calling in. Thank you. Thank you. Eve from Edgewater, you're on the air. Good afternoon, Eutrice. Good afternoon, E. What's going on in your head? I wanted to pick up from where I left off two weeks ago about the uh, why I, why I was uh, trying to figure out why they would have Fox Network supporting the Republicans in Donald Trump and all the other stations, Channel Two Four Seven News and CNN. They all support the Democrats and Biden. So uh, I I just had a, two things that I wanted to ask before I w- went on to that. Is it okay? Sure. Uh, the uh, the day you told us about was the day you got lost in uh, Surfside, and then your yes. car was surrounded. Do you remember what day that was on? It was a weekday, but I don't remember the specific day. Okay, because I found it very strange that they would do that surround your car, and uh, so I have a friend in Boca Raton who's Jewish, and I called him and asked him. It wasn't. I, it wasn't specifically about that. We were. We were just talking about things. And I brought up this point because he knows who Eutrice Lead is, and I explained what happened to you. And he knew about Surfside, and he said 
Well, if it was on a Saturday, they might it might have been observing the Sabbath, and they they might have been thinking about maybe wondering who in the neighborhood is driving one on the Sabbath. But if you say it was a weekday, then it wasn't that then. No, it wasn't you're, that. You're sure it wasn't the Sabbath? Okay. And then the, the second point was last week I, uh, I I reported on this accident on 95 North and South here right by my house. Interstate 95, yes. you recall that? Yes. There was a big accident there. And uh, the, the discrepancy was the first two news reports that I watched showed that the burn was to the west of the highway of 95. And that would make sense because the wind was blowing from west to east because I'm all the way over here six miles away on the east coast, and I was smelling the smoke in my backyard. So the wind was blowing from west to east. Now, those two first reports were showing that the burn was done west of the highway. And then on another two uh, news reports later on, they were showing that the burn was to the east of the highway. And that wouldn't make any sense that the smoke would go west because the wind was blowing from west to east. So that was just a discrepancy that I noticed that uh, – might might mean something, but uh, anyway, that was the point. Those two things that I want to get out of the way. Uh, okay. As far as uh, why Fox Network is supporting Trump and the Republicans, I think they want to isolate all the Trump supporters to that one station, so it gives the appearance that Trump has a lot of support because everybody that listens to that station and calls into that station is all favoring Trump. So if any neutral person listens to that station, and sometimes when I'm in my car, I might throw on Sean Hannity, and he's still talking about the same narrative of when Hillary ran against him with the emails and all that stuff. He, just, he never has a new narrative to do. He just goes with the same story for the last six years. He, just, he doesn't have to do any work. He just repeats what he says, and the people love it. And uh, well, they, they say different strokes for different folks. Right. Now, it, would, it didn't make sense to me that everybody that was employed by the Fox Network could be a Trump supporter because it just doesn't make sense in life that that would be the way it was. But you said, unfortunately, it is, and that's the way it is because that's what's happening. But this is the, why I think it's happening. We're being manipulated into thinking that Donald Trump has 65 million uh, supporters. And that's what another caller brought up the other day. And they want us to keep repeating that narrative to make it validated. Well, I think he just has maybe, uh, I, don't, I don't know the number. How many people need to listen to Fox Network to make it a viable station? Do you know how uh, numbers on um, that, the rating? I pay no attention to Fox. None but whatsoever. In as a station on the air, what kind yeah. of an audience? Hmm? I, I, don't, I don't bother going or dwelling on that. I don't even pay attention to that. Okay. But I think we're being misled here, and... Uh, you know, the fact that there's always been more Democrats than Republicans, they really should never have a case of a Republican winning. But they want it to make the appearance that it's almost like equal. And uh, the reason why they have all these other stations supporting the Democrats and Biden is 
They want they they have a bigger audience. So, well, I have the same view uh, of the Democrats. I'm sick of this the politicization of information. And uh, we get it from the Democrats, we get it from the Republicans, we get it from the conservatives, we get it from the radicals. Uh, so I, I don't pay attention to it. I move on to something far more helpful to me in you know, really informing the public as to what's, what's happening at the moment. You know, that is far more interesting to me. Right, but I'm trying to make a point. I'm trying to bring up a point where, where uh, even uh, national public radio, which should really be neutral when it comes to politics, they they they, they have uh, a, a, such a slanted uh, point of view, and the station is so insidious the way they uh, try to get the public to like come into if their. If that is your and, view. If that mm-hmm. is your view, why do you continue to listen? No, oh, I listen to a lot of different sources so I can get an yes. idea of what narrative they're putting out, so I can make. Yeah, a but you, you already have going on. You have, you have done enough of a. It seems as if you have had enough samples to persuade you as to what to expect from any particular station. When something ceases to have meaning to you, you jettison it and move on. I would not, if, if I listen to a station and it's the same fodder every single day and the same gripes and the same positions, then I have myself to, to, to hold responsible for the fact that I'm abusing myself. By allowing, but you know, so the, exactly. the point is that, that that's exactly why I'm saying what I'm saying because I, I'm trying to bring about this point that people are 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 just listening to channel two, four, and seven because that's the major media, and they're getting their narrative from that, and they're allowing that to manipulate their thought process and be persuaded and be. Uh, and have the perception that this is going on and that is going on when really there's another trick going on. In the case uh, Channel 5 Fox News supporting Trump, when he was having the debate against Biden, Chris Wallace, who at the time was working for Fox Network, was supposed to come and help Trump in that. But But instead, he went the other way. And that's to show that 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 this guy was like an anomaly on the station. He's sort of like uh, working against them. Now he no longer works for Fox after that. So, you know, it was like uh, to make Trump look bad and make Biden look better. So it, it, since they had the plan already in, 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 in uh, focus that it was going to be Biden who was going to be the victor, they had to make Biden look strong over Trump in the debates. So that that was why they had Chris Wallace doing that mediation that day. Well, you seem to have figured it out uh, for yourself. Let's hope people take 
that as incentive to figure it out for themselves. Uh, that you don't just listen uh, because <laughs> you turn on the radio, so you have to listen. No, you have to be a bit, a bit more discriminating in the information that you are. Uh, I get, I get my information from progressive radio network. That's why I don't understand that people that are calling into your show on the progressive radio network are getting their information from channel two, four and seven. It was even stated by people that called in that that's where they're getting their information. from. I'm getting mine from the guests and the hosts on many of the shows that Gary has on this network, including Gary. No, including a lot of different shows, Bonnie Faulkner's guns and butt. The, the, the narrative that I had in my head from when I was nine years old when Kennedy was murdered and they were trying to tell me that this was all done by uh, one person. And I started to see that there was a lot of things I needed to be skeptical about. And now I found Gary Null in 1990s and also Utrecht Lead in the 1990s. And I joined in on protest from Mamiya and I was really involved. And, and I got a lot of different information that was changed my view from my first 30 years where I told you I ate, drank milk and, and listened to all the bull crap. So I'm trying to figure out why people are so willing to let themselves be lied to left and right when they have the, the water right here. I drank the water. I can only lead you to it. I can't make you drink it. If you want to stick with two, four, and seven, then you're setting yourself up for not knowing what's really going on. That's my opinion. Right. Well, thank, thank you, E, for your opinion, and thank you also for bringing our attention to the need to be far more discriminating about the media organizations that we look to for information. Thank you. Brother Dave from Brooklyn, you're on the air. Uh, good afternoon, all. Um, good afternoon. I know there's a, uh, there are quite a few things I'm thinking about, but uh, this is what comes to the surface at, with this call. I think that one of the most important things that people living in this country, in the USA, the chief imperial country in the world at this time, is the concept that I learned some time ago. And that is, you have to search for enemies. And I know there's a book uh, written about uh, enemies, and I feel that that's the most important thing that people who want to know something ought to know that the way capitalism, imperialism works in the leading imperialist country, that's the USA, you have to have a list of enemies. And that's the way the ruling class that runs the country, the people don't run it, uh, can always have a budget, a federal budget, and uh, everything that works in their favor. You can have nearly a trillion dollars in the uh, defense, uh, I call war budget, 
and the intelligence budget, uh, which is somewhat, uh, I guess, a black budget. They don't even want to tell you how much money they have. And in order to do that, you have to present to the people that they're in danger and you have these enemies, whether it's the Russians or, or whomsoever is around that can be made into an enemy, and that way they'll go along with the wasting of money buying all this military equipment, uh, spending uh, half the intelligence and uh, uh, war budget on contractors who are making huge amounts of dollars, billions of dollars, uh, out of the budget, while it's at the same time the economic and social needs of most of the people uh, uh, take second place to that. So in search of entities is, uh, is a concept that I think everybody should be concentrating trading on, and that is how those who run the country, the, the ruling class, run the country, and they always want to have enemies who will uh, uh, reflect on how money is spent and how uh, the needs of the people uh, take second place. So that's my thing about uh, these in search of enemies, and that's my opinion. Thank you. Thanks for calling in today. 888-874-4888. Marcus from Wisconsin, you're on the air. Thank you very much, Eutrice. Um, uh, you were kind enough to uh, allow me to finish up what I started yesterday with you, and um, i I'd say up front, uh, as as usual, I, I do not criticize people's opinions based on my values and standards, but on the values and standards they claim to have. So your assertion, um, and I can combine them easily in, in this response, um, suggesting perhaps hypothetically that um, medical authorities, in the last case you cited, psychiatrists, should be used to judge the fitness or unfitness of uh, uh, the president, um, or, which, of course, would play out elsewhere in the system. And your, uh, it, it sounded like a, a genuine uh, assertion that you would like to see the Sedition Act invoked um, and they're very the, the, my criticism uh, applies to both um, because they both involve uh, the rule of experts and experts uh, are only citizens scientists political scientists are only citizens and whatever special rights they are given, have to be obtained on the judgment of other citizens, laymen included, if you have or claim to have the values and standards of a democracy. So it's completely inconsistent. And uh, as I pointed out, um, 
science has progressed through many catastrophes and intellectual upheavals, and there's not one single scientific theory that is free from serious contradictions and method method problems. There is no standard official method, and there is no standard official authority. So if you want to appoint a a psychiatric panel to uh, assess the fitness of a candidate for office, well, which psychiatrists are you going to use? Are you going to appoint Freudians or Reichians or Gestalt therapists? or cognitive behavioral therapists, they all use different diagnostic tools, and they arrive at their conclusions from completely different behaviors. What what one says is dysfunctional and psychotic, another says no is healthy and uh, uh, a sign they're headed in the right direction. So you're still stuck with the problem of how do you select the people who do the selecting? And if, if, you're, if you're committed to the idea of a democracy, and as I've pointed out, I am not a reflexive believer in democracy. I think it's a very flawed system. But generally, overall, Americans seem to believe in the principles of a constitutional democratic republic. These ideas are completely inconsistent with the idea of a democratic republic. If you want the rule of experts, all you have to look at historically is the Inquisition. Uh, I I mentioned uh, the uh, witch finder uh, general, Master Matthew Hopkins in the 1640s who uh, was the expert, wrote a big, important book on it. Uh, He didn't just make it up. It was based on alchemical principles, which at the time were the science. And uh, he said, look, you know, in, in the discovery of witches, you have to rely on your experience, and I have tons of it. Well, on the basis of experts like this, we burned witches for 600 years. Now, uh, until somebody finally pointed out what there, there, there's no such thing as witches. But uh, we can pretend that we are still not uh, uh, susceptible to the, this kind of thinking and go around condemning people based on what we currently think is absolutely unassailable knowledge, but that's false. Uh, all you have to do is look at say, the history of the Sedition Act in the United States from 1798 to 1800. Uh, well, the Federalists who invoked it, their, their stated purpose was to protect the American population from the unlimited evils of democracy. So the first things, in very short order, within a couple of weeks, it was used to attack the press, 
to shut down the free press, to shut down the expression of free opinion. Uh, one of the reasons we're the only workforce in the world that doesn't celebrate May Day is because the Sedition Acts made May polls illegal under the Sedition Act. Now, uh, I mean, uh, I think I would ask you to uh, give some deeper thought to these matters, because it's completely inconsistent with other values that I have heard you claim you have. Okay. Um, My whole uh, point of view started with this question, an implied question, actually. What do you do as a so-called progressive society when you end up with a character like Donald Trump as your president? Um, The the Constitution uh, actually has a provision for dealing with such a thing. It's it's Article 5 of the Constitution. At any time, and I would point out it's never been done here, uh, although Jefferson recommended it should be done every generation, Lincoln recommended it, wrote extensively about it. Article 5 is the people can call a constitutional convention whenever they decide, okay, and they can remake the, the entire U.S. government in whatever form they want. So the provision is there. If we don't, of course, use uh, it, there are provisions. There are provisions. Now, you, it, but at the same time, of doing it, at using the, totalitarian the time, methods of doing it won't work. At the same time, we ended up and almost ended up twice with Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Anybody who has been paying attention to Donald Trump knows that there are there are books and books there for study about erratic abnormal behavior and uh, just the same we were made as a nation to accept it to accept this man as president of the United States pretend well, not seeing what you seeing I'm sorry then half the nation has that disease. But even so, the fact is that what do you do as a nation, even one that professes to hold to constitutional rights and protections, when you see clear signals, uh, I mean, a group of psychologists and psychiatrists issued a report mm-hmm. called Duty to Warn. And they spelled out in detail mm-hmm. that, you know, there was a danger here. This man was a clear and present danger to the aggregate safety and progress of the people of the United States. But it was, you know, kind of batted off. Nobody paid attention to it. Uh, and we have seen, we have seen, uh, well, I can't say how his mind works. I don't want to assume that his mind actually works. Uh, but Donald Trump 
was deemed by a group of professionals to be a clear and present danger to the country if he would be elected. And there he was. He was elected and proceeded to do to behave in a way that would make anybody cringe and, uh, you know, bite their nails because this is not normal, whatever that means, normal behavior. Uh, I don't disagree with the assessment. Uh, I'm talking about the mechanism for making the public judgment. I, I would point out at the same time, and it's not in defense of Trump. It's, it's a criticism of relying on experts. That's my point. It's divesting us of our responsibility for making these judgments. The same the people are not and psychiatrists, the same psychologists and psychiatrists also ran the torture programs at Guantanamo Bay. You couldn't run them without psychologists. But, that, but, that's, not, but that's not true. The that's not true. These are very different people, and they, no, not. they would... <laughs> Yes, they are. They are not uh, the, the, kind the American of Psychiatric Association admits. No, they were not of the American This is the point I'm making. Programs. We have, in some cases, we have marked departures from what had been the norm, which is anybody with a PhD uh, is is an authority. No, these are very different kinds of people with a different approach to the so-called science of the mind. Um, But my point is, when such a group takes the position, a public position, that the person being considered as a candidate for president Mm -hmm. has some serious psychological problems and they're trying to sound that's that that's the the name of the the thing uh the name of the the report duty to warn they were trying to warn the nation Mm -hmm. okay and the nation just says ah well (laughs) you, you guys are reading this guy wrong we are far more in tune with Donald Trump, and he's far more sophisticated than all the other things that they they piled on to say what a great choice of a president he would be. As we see, he was a disaster, continues to be a disaster. But there are those of us uh, from New York who have known Donald Trump as a disaster in just about every field of endeavor that he attempted. I I don't disagree. But when you say the nation said, we we don't care about the findings of these psychologists. What nation are you talking about? Does the United States under a democratic republic have the right to decide to put in whoever they want? That's the issue. It's fine by me. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not challenging the right 
of any citizen to choose whoever it is they wish to support. Uh I'm talking about a system that knowingly aids and abets by ignoring uh, clear warnings that were given Mm -hmm. and that should have resulted in a re-examination at some level of uh, the the traits or the 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 character or the person presenting him or herself for consideration mm-hmm. uh, for election as president. We just and don't seem to have or that care about it. that. And, and what I'm is sorry? the system you're describing that permitted that? The system we have now. Anybody what? could. Get up what, and say, what, you mean the governmental system? No, no, no. Any system that we have an established system for people who wish to run for office. Oh, sure. But in that Completely system, when you look at it closely, there are yeah. no... Uh, whoever wants to run uh, could run. And by running or being given the license to run by the political system, by virtue of that is thought to be uh, a person who has passed muster from other systems that measure different things, like your character, like your capacity to lead, like your intelligence level. Mm-hmm. And these things are very important in leadership. We don't care about these things, apparently. Uh, apparently not. And uh, it's it's people's right not to care about it. Now, I mean, no, 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 me, I don't like that. I would not rely I... on the stodgy old 300-year-old Democratic Republic structure to address these issues. It obviously can't. Uh, personally, I advocate for violent overthrow of, of, of the current regime and, and the whole structure of it. But that's a different issue. That's, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying people claim to have a democracy, and if they don't, there is a remedy for it. And if we don't, and if you don't use it, why? Well, that's my question. It can be fixed. We'll keep going round and round. The the bottom line is this. How then do you, how do you explain that the people should not be held responsible for what turns out to be a disaster of a person who, in fact, is elected president. Uh, no, the, 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 uh, of course, the the plebiscite is completely responsible. Uh, we also allowed the mechanisms beginning back at the turn of the last century that allowed money to openly purchase the political system. Nobody acted. Step by step by step that produced this situation, we never acted against it. 
I mean, that's the way it's designed. It's, it, you, don't, you don't commit a takeover uh, uh, all at once and stick guns in people's faces unless you have overwhelming power. You don't do that here. You do it slow step by slow step so each small increment of the population, it's painless. Well, I can go along with this. I don't like it, but I'll go along. Then one day you wake up and you're 50 miles from where you started out. And you say, how did I get here? But it is not a slow, this was not a slow process. This was rapid and uh, in your face, as as a matter of fact, uh, a great deal. I disagree completely. The groundwork for Trump was laid by Obama and all the predecessors. Well, you know, I mean, we would never, ever get to the kernel of truth if we keep going and just say, well, this happened because 20 years ago, because 50 years ago, this was allowed. And people went with it. No, at some point you have to say, when does the country decide? When is it uh, appropriate to say, we have questions about your psychology, <laughs> your your mindset. We have questions about it. When a president can walk through a, a, a store, when a president walks into a store, sees a woman trying on clothes and sexually attacks her there, right in the changing room, would you say that that indicates a certain uh, problem with the president? Would you say well, so? So does having a kill list every day. No, 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 I'm not so. I mean, I, would I, you I'm say that that is indicative of a problem, a large problem? When everybody who has done business, or not everybody, when an overwhelming percentage of people who have done business a report that they are stunned by his devotion to lying and dishonesty. Uh-huh. Is that not something that would, you know, kind of ring some bells somewhere to say, let's take a look at this and see it, it, how was it, this it lying? Me, it did with me 50 years ago. And still yeah, does. But, but that's, but, that's but, you. But you I'm have a large about percentage of Americans who think that's that kind of cleverness, that sort of arrogance, that kind of hubris is admirable. You didn't have that many 50 years ago, but you do now. You had it, but you didn't care. That's the point. You had people who have a long history. There are certain positions in in the public domain where people have a long history of doing just unspeakable things, intolerable things that the average citizen would be uh, uh, going to court for to defend him or herself. But in certain uh, circumstances, Trump is a perfect example of that. Exceptions are made. And we end up with a disaster that people have had to live with for four years. 
we, we don't have an answer as to how do we go to his office one day and drag him out and put him in treatment and leave him there to get treatment and another person takes his place. We don't have well, that They do that to the population all the time. But it's not I mean, what happens to, to, I'm not talking TV. about the population. I'm to the population the every time. day. I'm talking about the person who is the head of the country. I'm not talking about the average schmo. The average schmo gets justice right away. And make him pay or make her pay. Carry it out against the population. Work for the people in the White House. You see, it's it's uh, it's it's a class war as they see it. I don't the care to see it that way. It's not about a class war. It is about not their employers. It's not a class war to me. It is the utter failure, a decision to allow certain things to happen, and yeah. on the other hand, a decision not to allow certain things to happen. And we never clear. We never clear about one consistent, uh, uh, one consistent set of rules, and so I do not personally. I don't respect the office because so many people who have been in the office have disrespected the office and been allowed to, and many of them even are heralded as heroes. Uh, they've done such a great job. These, I wouldn't have these people near my dog. <laughs> okay? I well, wouldn't I do that. I completely understand. I, uh, I, I completely understand and agree with that. I'm trying, uh, my, my goal is always to get at what do you do about it? Just placing blame doesn't solve anything. But that's not my approach. That's not, my approach is not simply to place blame. My approach is to have systems that further protect the right and integrity of the vote. You can't decide, well, I'm elected now, so I could go rape little children, and, you know, somehow I'll get it fixed. Mm -hmm. No, it doesn't work that way. Um, we have and to I'll have ask systems. you the same question I asked your uh, environmentally minded callers. This is this is a great idea. Yeah, you see a need uh, uh, to rectify a serious problem. How do you implement it? That's that's why we have experts. That's yes, why we have experts. Don't do I it. Cannot, I am not to be held responsible for how the solution. Uh, comes about and is to be enacted. I can't do everything as one well, individual. Then you're back to my original point. Under a supposedly democratic republic, which is what people claim to have, the responsibility is yours. No, it is not. yours. Whether you, I would have, I would have done my duty insofar as I am legally allowed. I cannot go beyond certain parameters and, and uh, you know, 
structures, I can't choose to do that. But we we do have a problem. We have a problem. And of course we do. Since I was in New York, a long time. (laughs) Since I was in New York, I was reporting on the audaciousness of this man and the crazy things that he had done and gotten away with. Uh, Here is a guy who knows nothing about a case and takes the public view only because he could that. Mm-hmm. Four young men who he, he implicated in the attack on a, a woman should be executed. Now, when you let something like that go, it's all over. When you have no way to control somebody who clearly has a megalomaniacal view of himself that he could do anything and say anything and uh, destroy anybody because this is simply an outgrowth of the way he has been operating as some kind of a financial titan in the city of New York. No. Then you have to have a system. And it can't just be brushed aside. Not when a man chooses because he is, quote, elected, unquote, chooses to use that power or misuse that power to the point of even advocating the execution of people who he doesn't know the facts about. He doesn't know anything. And then he's not, he's not sued. He's not uh, called on the carpet, so to speak. He's not forced to defend his position. He's not called upon to explain his position even. And it was just one of the many things that Trump had done in his so-called career that had negative impact mostly on people of color. He chose those as his primary targets, and he got away with it. I share, I share your disgust and revulsion of, of the man personally, professionally, politically, in, in every way. We, we can stand here for another, for another hour and uh, <laughs> recite the litany of his crimes and uh, 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 atrocities, but the, the problem, and, and we can sing arias to how perceptive we are for recognizing it. The point is that I'm trying to make it, the reason I called, is that the responsibility, if the system has failed to do it, is the responsibility is all of ours collectively to change it, and there's no way around that. That's my entire argument. Not not that Trump, I'm not saying Trump is a good guy. I get it, I would give give cash money to have five minutes alone in a room with him, because the second thing I would do is turn myself over to the police. I know how you feel. Well, 
I get your point. And I'm still saying that we need and some kind of apparatus, some kind of means, whether constitutional or legal or whatever the means might be, to no doubt. guarantee, guarantee the justice that we supposedly have. And I'm saying, uh, let's get to the question of how we do that. That's my whole, uh, that's my whole agenda here. Okay, so is it possible... Who's responsible for implementing it, if not us? Well, that's, uh, that's not the discussion we ought to have now. No, the the discussion we ought to have now is the discussion of recognition, recognition that, uh, of, what we, of what we have experienced and why it was allowed, why it continues to be allowed. That's the first discussion. Um, we can always mount a, a campaign to correct it, but it seems to me we have to understand the problem first. It's like uh, uh, the, 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 what's his name, Putin. People talking, oh my God, uh, look what he's saying, the implication. He knows the implication, you know the implication. The question is, what have the people done to vocalize that and to move on it as a, a dire urgency for the country? No, they leave it alone. And I understand, you know, a bullet in the head right to is do so, a very also. interesting, persuasive way to change a conversation. So I understand that. And uh, there are ways in which we have to force ourselves to examine this question of what role do I, as a citizen, what role do I have in maintaining the constitutional integrity of what we are supposedly guaranteed as rights? That's a very, very poignant question. All right. Well, right it's a good place to finish. You, Thank you very much. Uh, Thank you. Thank you for your to engage with uh, in, in, in a debate. I really appreciate that. <laughs> I really appreciate your your expansion of uh, a, a thought. People would think that well, if you touch this point and that point and the next point, you're good. But you always manage to take us beyond these barriers and to see what the larger picture is. And I so appreciate that. Thank well, you so much. Thank you very much, Eutrice. I, I learned a lot uh, engaging with you today. Thank you. And same here. Well, that brings us to the end of our program. And that's a kind of discussion we ought to feel very much at home with. Things that cause us to ask questions and to question answers as well because our lives really do depend on it. They really do. I think of those Central Park young men accused wrongfully and the whole campaign organized against them 
And yet, the only reporter who exposed it was a reporter who worked at my newspaper. All right, have yourselves a good weekend. We'll talk again on Monday. Bye-bye.